I'm here with John Church, and I'm Bill Wasner, and this is Spotlight on Natural Resources. Our topic today is a very timely one, Christmas trees. So, John, I imagine you get a fair number of questions about Christmas trees every year about this time. This is the time of year, of course, that people are starting to think about going out and get the, getting their tree. So, the perennial question is, do you go out and cut your own, or do you go to a lot? Uh, is is the one that you get from the lot going to be a lot less fresh than going out and cutting it yourself? You know, that often is one of the, the main questions as far as whether I should buy a cut-your-own type tree, and then, of course, where do I go to do that? Um, or should I just go down to the, the retail sales lot and buy a tree? And, and really, it, it doesn't matter that much, as long as you're careful uh, if you're buying a pre-cut tree to do a few simple steps to keep it as fresh as possible throughout the season. But there's no question, if you want the freshest tree, um, that cutting your own is going to give you the freshest tree versus one that's been on the sales lot for a period of time and in some cases maybe has been cut for a month or so. In some cases uh, maybe has uh, been exposed to a lot of uh, wind and sunlight and its transport down to the sales lot. And uh, once it gets there, it's, it's sitting on the sales lot for a period of time. So there's no question that cutting your own will tend to give you a fresher tree because you know when it was cut and you know how you're taking care of it between then and putting it up in the home. So how can you tell? Let's say you're not up for uh, trekking out into the middle of the Christmas tree farm and you do want to go out to the local retail how can you tell if it's fresh? Well, that, that's a good question, and, and we don't want to downplay or discourage people from buying it from the retail sales lot. For a lot of people, that's their only choice. For a lot of people, that's something they want to do because in many cases they're supporting uh, maybe a charitable group that sells Christmas trees for fundraising. So there's lots of good reasons to go ahead and buy it from the sales lot too. But if you're going to do that, you could ask first if the sales lot people know when the trees were cut and how they were handled. So you could ask that. In many cases, they, they may not know that information. So you can go ahead and do a couple simple freshness tests. And, you know, these are variable as to how really good they're going to tell you how fresh the tree is. But on the other hand, they give you some idea. First, you can just kind of take the tree and, and kind of tap it uh, on the bottom of the trunk, just kind of lift it up and tap it a little bit, and see how many needles are falling off. Now, if you're getting a lot of discolored needles that are kind of in the middle of the tree still falling off, you know, that's probably not so much of a concern because they might be sheared needles or they might be older needles that would naturally drop. But if you're getting a lot of green needles dropping and uh, they're dropping from kind of all over the tree, then you might have a question about the freshness. The other thing that you can do is just grab a, a branch or two and kind of run uh, one of the twigs uh, through your hand, through your fingers. And the, the needles still should be pliable, should be kind of soft, and probably even have a little bit of an odor to them yet when you do that. Now, the only one thing we would say is that typically uh, that will tell you whether the tree and the needles are, are fresh, if the needles are pliable. But when it comes to uh, pine trees, we would mention that uh, they can be tested for freshness on their needles that when they're really fresh, they'll bend and break even when they're green and fresh, kind of like a, a fresh carrot would. So if they're getting a little bit older, you know how a fresh carrot mm -hmm. kind of gets older and you can't really... It's mushy. Right. 
you can't break it very easily. Well, you you say pine. Are there other types that we should be looking at? Or see that just you know you ask all the right questions, Bill. <laughs> but uh, yes, of course, you know pines are probably one of the most popular Christmas tree varieties uh, overall, and Scotch pine specifically is probably one of the most popular mm-hmm. ones. It's grown throughout the Midwest. It's grown in Illinois. It's readily available. A lot of the sales lots have them. Uh, and because it tends to be one of the more popular and more prevalent, it probably tends to be a little cheaper in price than, than some of the others. So anyway, Scotch pine is, is one of the favorites. But there certainly are others. Um, what we're seeing is an increase in uh, things like spruce and fir. Uh, some of those have become more popular for indoor trees. Uh, one of the ones that has kind of grown quite a bit in the last few years in popularity is called the Fraser fir, mm-hmm. and that's partly because of, of its appearance. It has a little bit more of a, a silvery appearance mm. to it, and it tends to have good needle retention. It's not grown as widely by Christmas tree growers here in Illinois, uh, yet anyway, and so the supply tends to be a little shorter, and with popularity increasing and supply a little bit less, you know, the price might price be a little higher. Be higher yeah. But in general, uh, we're seeing firs and spruce uh, get a little more popular. Uh, sometimes uh, people like to stick with certain varieties because uh, they have uh, more of a characteristic Tradition that they like. Or and, right. Something and, like that. You know, so for instance, uh, the pines, uh, depending on which type of pine, but uh, most of the pines are going to have a little bit more of an openness to them, so you can hang ornaments mm-hmm. a little easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the firs are quite soft, uh, both in terms of their needles, but also in uh, how uh, their branches fall. And uh, so sometimes they're not as easy to hang heavy ornaments on. So right. people get used to a particular variety. So now we've selected the tree, and let's say that we've cut it, or even if we haven't, we're getting it from a retail. What's the best way to get it home? Um, a lot of places, for example, will uh, ha- <clears throat> continue to have it in uh, kind of a wrap Um is that the best way to take it home? It's going to be easier to transport, I suppose. I- ideally, it would be nice to buy the tree uh, without it being wrapped because you want to see sure. kind of the condition of the tree. But some places, like you mentioned, will go ahead and wrap them again in netting to make them easier to carry home. The When we're talking about exposure on the trans, uh, transport home, it's not so much whether it's wrapped up or not. That reduces some exposure. But if at all possible, put them inside a, a trunk or inside the truck or uh, cover them with a tarp, whatever, because it's amazing how much uh, loss there can be in terms of moisture loss on those needles when it's kind of cold out and you're driving 50, 60 miles an hour down the road with the tree on top of your roof of the car, um, it, you can lose quite a bit of moisture. So it's Makes best to sense. cover it up, wrap it up, and or put it inside the vehicle. So, okay, now you've got it home. And do you leave it in the garage for a while to acclimate it to being warm, or do you take it right back into the house? What do you think? It depends, basically. Um, and uh, we'll talk just a little bit uh, later about the uh, actual living tree, but if you're buying either a fresh cut tree or one off the lot, it doesn't make that much difference if you store it in the garage for a while before you take it in the house. Some people do that just because they aren't ready to put it in the house, but they want to go out early to get their good selection. So if that is the case, then if you've got a place like a garage where you can put it, um, and ideally if you could put it in a bucket of water in the garage uh, where it's not exposed uh, again to the wind outside uh, or the sun light and so on. That That's not a bad way to store it until you're ready to put it up in the house. What about making a fresh cut? 
on the bottom. Is that advisable? When, especially when you're ready to take it into the house. Make sure you make a fresh cut. And even if you just cut your own uh, and it's relatively fresh, make that fresh cut of maybe another inch or so on the bottom of the trunk. And uh, be sure to get it in the stand and the water then before that seals over again. Because by doing that, you're opening up that trunk then to be able to take water up uh, in, a, in a better uh, way. So, uh, and watering daily, I, especially at first, is probably a real good idea. And maybe even more than once a day. Watch that water level that it does not drop below the bottom of the trunk. You don't want to give that trunk a chance to seal off again. So right. keep the water level above the, the bottom of the trunk. Not the easiest thing to do, especially with a big tree crawling under there to do it. But well, you see lots of devices these right. days to, to, to do that. One we've tried um, kind of is a long-necked thing, maybe three, four feet hollow tube, and then a um, kind of a, a bell on the end that you can uh, water. That way you don't have to chase your kid underneath with a pitcher of water, and they've managed to spill the water all over everything. I have experience in this, John. I can tell that, and and you're doing the right thing if you're using some of those techniques because it kind of keeps people doing the watering like they should for a longer period of time. Some people get tired of crawling under the tree. So before long, a week or so, and you aren't doing it anymore, pretty soon the tree dries out. So you can buy them commercially, or you can make your own little piece of hose and little funnel. That's true. That you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that would work. So, you know, it, and the other question that comes up, should I just use water, or should I use some additives that you can buy commercially to put in the water? Should I put sugar in the water? All these things. Good, plain water is as good as anything. Cool. So now you mentioned live trees. Um, and every year you hear about that. <clears throat> I always worried that if I got a live tree of any size and brought it in, then the shock of taking it out or you know, what's what are your thoughts? Well, I think you really need to think ahead and plan ahead if you're going to use a live tree. And typically what you would buy as a live tree would be a tree that uh, is still living and comes with a ball and burlap type situation, ball of soil on it and then wrapped in burlap. And you really need one to plan ahead because you need to have a hole already dug out in the yard so that when Christmas is over you can plant that tree. And if it's uh, 1st of January and the soil is frozen solid, you can't plant it too easily. So you have to have the hole dug ahead. And then once you dig that hole, you need to mulch down the soil so that uh, need, that needs to be replaced back in the hole uh, so it doesn't freeze. You've got to be able to use uh, the soil to put back in. And the transition, as you mentioned, from outdoors inside needs to happen over a few days. It needs to gradually go from the cold climate to maybe a little bit warmer climate like a garage and then into the house. And then the same process coming back out of the house. Uh, Let it uh, kind of uh, compensate for the differences in both moisture and temperature levels in the air inside and out. So, okay, let's let's just suppose that I'm not that forward a planter and my method of disposal is going to be something other than planting a live tree. What should I do with the tree after I'm done? Throwing it in the neighbor's yard and lighting it, probably not the way to go. Unless the neighbor and you like to do a New Year's Eve bonfire or something. We'll we'll say that that's what we're doing. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, if you're using a cut tree, so therefore not a living tree, but a a pre-cut tree, Uh, Then there are disposal uh, methods that can be done that make more sense than just putting it up for the landfill folks to take. And in Illinois, you cannot send yard waste to the landfill anymore unless the landfill takes it for composting. 
But Christmas trees are not considered yard waste. So technically, they can go to the landfill. Mm. But we really don't encourage that. Uh, instead of doing that, go ahead and use the tree outside. You can actually stake it up and use it as a bird feeder or that type of thing for the winter. You can just uh, let it lay on its side, and it creates a little bit of wildlife habitat. Uh, you can cut it up, cut the branches off, and you can use that to kind of cover up some of your uh, more delicate plants that need a little bit of winter cover protection from the wind and sun. Uh, or you can take it some park districts or cities will take the trees in, run them through a mulcher chipper, and then anyone can use that to come back and pick that mulch up uh, for uh, mulching purposes. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that can be done with that tree rather than just uh, taking it and sending it to the landfill. And burning it is one other option, but, but make sure you have the proper permissions to do that. That's right. In a lot of areas, that's probably not uh, not thought upon being a, a good thing. Well, and when you mention burning, um, it is interesting how many people still ask the question, could I cut it apart and use it for firewood in the mm. fireplace? And no, uh, being a fresh yeah. tree like that, uh, you don't want to create that situation Creasive in the home fireplace. Right? And that sort of thing. So definitely don't do that. Uh, you could let it dry out and use it in your outdoor fire pit, potentially, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would work for that. Okay. So um, let's say that I want to uh, go get a a tree and cut it down myself. Uh, I'm up for crawling around in the mud for another year. How do I find Christmas Tree Farm? Any place that you can uh, suggest looking on the web? or Well, there are a number of sites that you could go to to find that sort of information, places uh, both commercial and governmental. But the one that, of course, we would suggest uh, that you can do a search here in the state of Illinois and surrounding areas uh, is University of Illinois Extension has an excellent Christmas tree website. Oh. And not only does it talk about uh, cut your own farms, but it talks about a lot of the things that we've talked about today, only in more detail, and a lot of other information up there, too. But you can go to uh, Urban Extension. There's no www on this one. It's Urban Extension, and actually it's uh, uh, shortened to Urban EXT, all one word, Urban EXT, dot Illinois, spelled out, state spelled out, dot edu slash trees. Urban EXT dot Illinois dot edu slash trees. Very good. Well, I think that's probably covers the topic of Christmas trees fairly well. And this has been Bill Wastner and John Church for Spotlight on Natural Resources. (laughs) 